Hello, my ladies, my gays, my theys, and the men who get it. We are back, and I am super excited because today I have my guest, Christine, from TikTok. Hi. Hi. <laughs> if you don't know her by name, you may know her by her username, which is thriving underscore imperfectly. Uh, she does amazing content, and I am so excited to have you today. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Now, I've been watching your content. I feel like we're in the same like pool of people. Same niche. Of, yeah, yeah, definitely the same. It's actually a pretty tight niche once you get down to it. And then I got tagged in a story about your ex where you literally are like, he was a nice guy or he appeared to be a nice guy. And I was like, oh my God, I have to, I have to talk to you now. So here we are. Before we kind of get into your story, how did you get started talking on TikTok about this? Wow, um, that's a really good question. So I started TikToking before I even got divorced. And then um, I remember telling my friends when I started TikToking, I was like, I think I could be really good at this. Like, I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing with it yet, but I feel like I could have so much fun with it. So I started making videos and I would just try to be like funny or silly or, or whatever. And then uh, my divorce happened. I didn't talk about it at first just because it was so raw and we were still, it took, it was a, it's a process to get divorced, obviously. But once it was done, um, I started being a little bit more open about it simply because the, the work that I was doing was allowing me to come to a place where I realized that the person that I was married to was not, um, not nearly as nice as I thought he was, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, there's been a lot of work. Like when I originally left my marriage, I the mindset that I had was something's off. Um, other people have told me something's off. There might be some diagnoses there. I'm not really sure. I'm not in the business, but something's not really firing right um, for that for that gentleman. And so, I I remember like at that time leaving, but then still having this reservation that I was still being too hard on him and. Um, or that I was exaggerating my experience or I was trying mm -hmm. to be a victim. And honestly, Reagan, anybody who knows me knows that I'm not a victim. Like, I, <laughs> I know, I was like, that's not the vibe <laughs> at all. That's not really like how I roll. In fact, I probably take a little bit too much responsibility for too many things, um, yeah. which I think is what ended me up in that relationship anyway. But, right. you know, and then I started talking about it just experimenting on TikTok. And I started to find so many women with similar experiences and so many videos of women just being like, did we marry the same guy? Like right. that is, or did we date the same guy? Like that is crazy to me. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so I immediately started to feel validated a lot less alone. But the, the biggest thing for me was how many other women were feeling validated and validating each other in the comments. And so it was just a really profound experience to start telling my story and realize that it, it's not just mine. It's all of our story. You know? It's crazy though, because I, I am in the same boat, uh, not in that we have the same experience, but the same realization of like, oh my God, this is a type of person. There's all these different men and they're utilizing the same like manipulative strategies. They're using the same veil of, of kindness or being nice. And it's mm -hmm. like crazy to see that you had this experience that you feel is like so outlandish and crazy and like how did this happen and then like your comment section is women like me too also me like same guy question mark frowny mm -hmm. face like 
that that was really eye-opening to me i do feel like though from what i understand and obviously as you tell your story we'll see this a little bit more but it seems like yours is more on the nefarious end of nice guy like you can get further and further into a darker area right like there's a nice Mm -hmm. guy who's just like will you suck Mm -hmm. and there's like the actual a more insidious over long term in a relationship type of guy that gets you which i've experienced as well good times yeah good times (laughs) good times Mm -hmm. except Mm -hmm. not but uh yeah if we do you want to just kind of walk us through your your story and we can just Mm -hmm. I may have some questions or comments along the way, but I would just love to hear Mm -hmm. what you'd like to share with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the way, so a big part of my story within my relationship with this person was very much the community that I was in at the time and the people that I was surrounded by. Um, He was older and I was in my early 20s. He was was in his mid 30s. We need to protect women in their early 20s at all costs. I Yes, please. I'm like, that's kind of where I'm landing is I'm like, we need to protect women in their 20s at all costs because yeah. that's where we get married. It's where we have kids. It's where we get trapped in these relationships with these men. Um, and luckily, I have always been pretty firm about not having children and taking responsibility for my end of that. Sure. And um, so I was very fortunate in the sense that um, I did not end up having children with him, which is a very complicating factor for a lot of women when dealing with stuff like this. And so um, he was older and we had mutual friends. We'd known each other for a few years and um, everybody used to like talk about like how much integrity he had, how honest he was and all this and that. And he hadn't been in a relationship in a pretty long time. And um, so when we got together, it was this whole like, well, I haven't been in a relationship. I've never been in a healthy relationship before. I haven't been in one in a long time. I'm willing to do that with you. I'm willing to try with you, which never, ever <laughs> fall for that. It does not make you special. It makes you a guinea pig. You know what I mean? So- I love, I wish people could see how intense your eyeballs were. <laughs> You're like, never, don't never. do it. Never, no, don't do it. But those are the things that we hear. And it's like, when you're young and you're naive and you're figuring the world out, you don't look at a man in his mid thirties who's like, I've never had love like this before and think that it's like abnormal. (laughs) Like, I'm so special. Like, no, well, you might be, but that's not why. I think there is this false idea of because they're older, when you're in your twenties, you're like, oh my, they're so wise. And you're like, no. There's so much more experience. No, well, they maybe are more Mm -hmm. experienced, but that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. they- they are yeah. wiser than you. And don't get me wrong. I, I continue to absolutely adore older men. They're still my dating <laughs> preference. Like, I get it. But I um, it feels different now at almost 30 than it did in my early, when I was 20. You know sure. what I mean? I'm a different, I'm a different woman now, you know? Right. And I, I'm a lot more empowered than I was back then. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. now I know what I know. And I didn't know <laughs> what I knew back then. Sure. So, um, you know, we got together and things moved really quickly in the relationship because we had been friends for a while. And that was also sort of at the encouragement of the people around us. Like we started dating and then, you know, pretty quickly he's like, I think we should move in together. And I was like, I don't know. Like I was still living with my parents because I was in college. I was still getting my bachelor's degree. I was getting my bachelor's degree in psychology. And I had all these plans to go on and get my PhD and do research and basically I just always knew I was going to be a baddie in some way (laughs) 
I, I feels like he really wanted to capitalize on that. Like I was like a retirement plan almost. Mm, um, yeah. And so I was young, I was beautiful, I was smart, ambitious. I had the whole, my whole life ahead of me. And now I kind of look back and realize that it feels like he had the intention to basically mold me into his own, like build a wife is what it felt like. Oh, and and the, so and the more, oh. <laughs> and the, the more resistance I gave, the more problems there were. And mm-hmm. I, of course I'm going to give resistance the whole time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because truth is the relationship was was wrought with problems from the beginning. Um, and it was just a lot of like, just give him a chance. You know, he's a nice guy. Because that's the other really alienating thing about dealing with people like this, whatever you want to call them. I like to call them assholes or broken people <laughs> or- Assholes. You yeah, know, like good. everybody, everybody likes to throw out like, narcissist or borderline and sure you know it's it's all rooted in trauma we're all we're all messed up you know sure. what I mean and we all navigate it in different ways so the way that he chose to respond to his was like super unpleasant you know uh, mm. it, I remember it started to become a very alienating experience because I didn't want to move in with him but my friends at the time were like well you're just kind of being a control freak like it's because you want control over your, you want control over your own money and your own space and that's like not what relationships are. God about, forbid you, know? you should want control over your own things. Like I know, right? I know. <laughs> it's um, like looking back always, like, oh geez. Yeah. And so now I'm really, you know, now I pay really I pay really close attention to what people are saying to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of just being like, oh, it's my friend saying this to me. I automatically trust everything that they say. Like, yeah. I trust myself more than I did back then. I'll say that. Yeah. And yeah. um but back then there was a lot of times where I was like, I'm really not sure about this. Like there's something off here. And then I would try to talk to people about it and they'd be like, well, you're just tripping. You're hypervigilant. You don't like people getting close to you. Like you just need to learn how to trust and love again. You know, uh, that like really strikes me just that little bit because so often when people are in relationship with nice guys, because as I'll call it or assholes, as you say, but like, mm-hmm. The exterior is so pleasant and nice that yes. when you're getting advice from the outside, they, they're advising you from mm-hmm. what they're seeing. So they're not yeah. trying to be misleading or, or incorrect, but because they don't know what goes on on the inside, it's like, they're not giving good advice. And the message for me, when I would get that was like, don't listen to your gut. Don't, don't, mm-hmm. if you're uncomfortable. Like, it's fine that you're uncomfortable. It's your problem. If you're uncomfortable, like. And that leads yeah. to such damage long-term with these guys. I look back now and realize a lot that most of the people that were speaking into my relationship were doling out very similar behavior towards their own partners. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And I, and I didn't find that out until much later. Um, hmm. and, I, I, and to be clear, I don't hang out with any of these people anymore. <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, so... I don't know. There's a lot of people speaking into my relationship because I was so young Mm -hmm. and I was so unsure. Um, And, you know, as time went on, like I just continued to feel like something was off. And then I remember, especially after we moved in, everything like really changed. Like he changed. And it was just like you said, like he was so quiet and harmless out in public. Um, in fact, most people would be like, I can't believe you're with a guy who's so quiet and like, he seemed so passive, you know what I mean? And everybody, everybody usually got the impression that I was calling the shots in the relationship in public, 
Mm-hmm. Um, because the thing is, is when we're out in public, I'm, I tend to be respected where I go and sure. people like me, you know what I yeah. mean? And he would be kind of, you know, just kind of yeah. in my shadow a little bit, but at home it was, it was, it was a battle. It was just, it was always a battle between us. Cause there was always some weird, I just always felt like there was some covert something happening like I was I just felt like I was always getting messed with and even to this day Reagan I could not tell you exactly what it was that was happening I just know in the relationship that I'm in now in the home that I'm in now I do not feel that way yeah and like the the contrast is what really signals to me like because I don't like you know when I was married I had migraines for the first time ever in my life for years. Yep. I got to a point where I was like so sick. I would just randomly get so sick that I would get migraines and nausea and I couldn't even keep water down. Horrible insomnia. Mm. I had panic attacks for the first time in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I don't have any, I don't have any of that going on today. You know That's what insane. I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. It's crazy. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, your body always tells you the truth with this type of guy. Like if, even if when your mind can't like pinpoint it or you can't articulate mm-hmm. it, your body is like, okay, well, I'm just going to be sick now because I cannot yeah. physically take what is happening here and mm-hmm. the stress that is happening. How would he show you when he wasn't displeased or unhappy with the way you were acting? Um, there was a lot of, you know, he would walk around with this like air only at home, by the way, of course, of course, of course, walk around with this like air of superiority over everyone. Like when he was at home, like he was the king of his own castle. Everybody else in the world was like beneath him and stupid and, you know, no, didn't know how to act right. And that Mm -hmm. also unfortunately included me. Um, and so he would have that air of superiority. He used to speak in a really condescending way. And I actually remember early in our relationship, I would try to be like, hey, like, I don't like it when you talk to me this way. And he wouldn't listen. And frankly, he wouldn't stop doing something unless I brought the heat. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I look at that and I'm like, why in my mind was I just on so convinced that I just needed to tell him to stop? Instead of just Mm -hmm. being like, you know what, this is who this person is. This is how he's going to act. Right. I just, I just got to go do my own thing. And that's just, I don't know what it is about the girlies that get so it's sunken cost fallacy. I'm not sure what, but yeah, you know, but he would have this air of superiority. He would treat me like a child all the time, even though I was younger than him. It's like, and he approached me by the way for romance and he was extremely controlling about money. Um, And he was at one point controlling about who my friends, he didn't like me having male friends. And I've always had male friends. I'm I'm, I'm bisexual, Reagan. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, I remember that whole conversation, you know, it was like, well, you can't hang out with somebody you could potentially be attracted to. And I'm like, that's literally everyone. Yeah. (laughs) So no one then he's probably like, yeah, yeah, perfect. No, just the men, (laughs) you know, like, I don't. I don't care. About I like. The I, just I like that you like the girl. Like that's cute. That's yes. cool to me. That's attractive. Yeah. Not the other part. Ugh. Yeah, I don't want you to get. I don't want you to get swept away and um, whatever. Ugh. And so then later in the relationship, as things got more intimate, he would punish with withdrawing love, stonewalling, and usually mm-hmm. what would happen? It was a very consistent pattern. Is he would get upset over something really tiny, 
Mm-hmm. Didn't matter what. And instead of just being a big boy and just addressing it in the moment, you right. know, and saying, hey, I don't like the way you said that. Or when you did this, it made me think that this is how you think or feel about me. Or mm-hmm. I asked you to do something and you forgot to do it. Like, that makes me feel like I'm not a priority. Like, just like if right. you would have just in the adulting. moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adulting, like be vulnerable, be a big boy, use your words. Yep. And it would not happen. Like it's instead he would go straight to resentment. And, um, and then he would stonewall and withdraw love. And then I would do the thing where I was like, is everything okay? Like, you know, right. cause I'm a hypervigilant girly and you can tell when somebody's Same. treating you like they don't freaking like you. Yes. you know? like, yeah. That's the thing is it's like, not like a subtle, it's like all of a sudden this person despises you and can't stand to be in the room with you. It's not like a subtle, yeah. like I'm frustrated. I don't want to talk right now. It's like, like you, they're like seething underneath, like you're very, you're very like presence mm. is irritating. And so, uh, and, but they're not saying anything. They're never, they're like, right. just, you're finally like, hi, I do have eyeballs. And I, and I am a person who's mm-hmm. noticing that you're being weird right now. And then, yeah, which is what they're waiting for, of course, because that's why they're doing it. Right. Well, and he would, yeah, he, he likes that power. Yes. You know what I mean? He likes the power of because he knew it was important to me to feel love like it is for anybody in a relationship. Right. And so he mm. would withdraw the love nasty. And, and then I would be like, Hey, um, like what's going on? Like, is there anything that I'm doing? I would, op- I would try to open the door so much. Right. Like, is there anything I'm doing? Like, you know, and he would say, he would say no, he would say no. And then continue to treat me in this way. And I used, and I realized after a few cycles of this, that, that um, whenever he'd get upset with me like this, he was not interested in conflict resolution at all. He was purely interested in just playing the game. And because after a few times, once he would finally verbalize why he was upset, I could see on him that he felt like a freaking idiot for spending the past two to three weeks making me squirm. Because like once You're he right, said right. out loud to me, out loud to me, to my face, yeah. And then what and then looking at me staring at him like what the actual hell is wrong with you? Like what? <laughs> like you did all of that over this? Right. Like Exactly. And so then he stopped telling me, right? Because then he couldn't get invalidated with how he felt. And so like I would get to a point in the relationship where I'd be like, "Listen, man, I'm going to ask you one time." Right. This is your only, this is your only chance one time and I'm not asking again. And like, and I would, and the way that I would work around it is like when he started doing it, I would just be like, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. Like, bye. I just, I stopped trying to be like, oh my God, like, what's wrong? Like, are you okay? You know? And then of course, like he withdrew even more with that because the less I was willing to play the game, the less he was willing to be present in the relationship. And so over Ugh. the course of the seven, over the course of the seven years that we were together, he just slowly withdrew more and more because I was not interested in playing that game. I was interested in growing. And imagine, like, imagine actually having a healthy relationship. Right. Like we were, we were in couples therapy for four years together. Oh, like, no. Oh God. You know? And so, um, you know, t- as time went on, like some things got better. Some I'll say this. Some things got better simply because he stopped doing them. Mm-hmm. He stopped treating me certain ways. And it, but that doesn't mean that he stopped feeling the way he did about me. Sure. If that makes sense. Like yeah. he didn't stop feeling disdain. 
He didn't stop feeling jealousy. He didn't stop feeling resentment. Yeah. And jealousy was a big one that I used to see Ugh. from him a lot. Like he would never admit it. Right. But like in our friend group, like I was the one that made everyone laugh, you know? And like, I'm sure he I'm loved that. To- <laughs> I'm sure he didn't pay for that later. Oh. <laughs> well, and that's what he would do is he would. I also know that like there was times where I would feel um, really like open and joyful or like he would wait until my guard was down and then make little comments, you mm-hmm. know, like I remember one time we were at dinner with friends and I was the life of the party and, you know, I went home that night and I like went up to him and I was like, hey, I had a really good day with you. Like I had so much fun with our friends. Like, I love you so much. And he was like, you smell really bad. Oh and he was God. like, and he what? Goes, <laughs> And then he goes yeah. he goes you smelled so you smelled like bo at dinner you smelled so bad you embarrassed me in front of all of our friends and that was not even true because here's the deal i've been wearing hippie deodorant since like 2012 i know that i smell bad sometimes and i always apologize oh. for it oh my god sorry so, i've like- been shocked right now <laughs> like of all things i've i i don't I don't know. I, I thought it would at least be more of a like intelligent, like little dig. He's just like, you smell, you stink. Like you, you like, do not smell good right now. You, you're a stinker. Like really dude. Really? Well, the thing is, is that he knew that I had some stuff around that because I, I have a sibling that's mentally unwell that used to kind of do that to me as well. Like she used to comment on how I smelled a lot and he knew that about me. Ew. So it was a, you know, and I just remember being shocked. I was like, what is wrong with this guy? I think a-hole is the right term. I'm going to come on. I might have to change the name of the podcast to a-hole because. Ugh. That's the a-hole podcast. Yeah. Like, ooh. <laughs> wait, no. Wait, wait, wait a second. Can't change it to that. Um, yeah. God, that's so gnarly. The layers of it the layers it's like and to know that like there's something really upsetting about your supposed partner you know your supposed the person that's supposed to have your back and love you when they see you thriving (laughs) for, for your username but when they see you doing well and thriving and in your element when they see that and their immediate thought is well i'll take her down a peg you know like well i'll show her what's up i'll take the power back is so gross and to have you being like and i like i feel like i've been there too where i'm just like in such a great mood and of course because your partner is someone who lets you down in this case it's like when you do have a good moment you're like oh extra you're extra excited and then they just take that beautiful moment to like cut your legs out from under you it's mm-hmm. like so gross. It's such a flower. well. It's like you're not allowed to have that beautiful joy no. around them. You're no. not allowed to feel joyful or happy or vulnerable or any of that. Um, but then, and that's usually because of their own inability to deal with their own emotions. Yes, and, and to feel All joy. Like they, mm-hmm. it's like when you're. I I found that a lot of the guys that treat women this way, it's like they on their own can't hold that. They pair up with women who have this beautiful thing. Like you're you're funny, Mm -hmm. you're beautiful, you're smart. Like they see that and they want it so badly because they themselves can't hold it. And then when Mm -hmm. faced with that and their inability to match it, they're like, well, I'll just squash that light instead. And it's just like- I'm gonna bring her down to my level so that 
she won't leave. Yes, I want it. I can't make it. But then I, when I can't make it, well, I guess I'll just squash her down so she won't leave. Mm-hmm. Well, and he used to make a lot of comments. Like, I... I jokingly, like, I'm all, my, my whole bit is I'm like, I'm just, I, I want to be confident. I want to compliment myself. I believe all women should feel that way. All women should believe yes. in themselves and feel good about themselves. So I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to yeah. say, I feel like I'm a smart person. I feel like I am fun to be around and lovable. Yes. And so I would compliment myself in this way because, you know, he wasn't. And then he would say things like, well, you just like, you think you're all that, don't you? Like, you just think really highly of yourself, don't you? Like wow like yeah. that's pretty arrogant of you and i'd be like i don't know maybe you should try actually liking yourself for once um you try maybe it you can see, <laughs> see what it's like you know but and you're not making outlandish statements either that's like an outlandish no. thing to say you're not like i'm i'm the most i'm the best looking person on the planet or like i'm smarter than everyone else you're like i'm intelligent he's like oh, okay I'm not right. like bow down to your supreme leader, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, God. Just, I'm just accepting my gifts, you know what I mean? Yeah. And those those are all things that he loved. Those are things he loved about me when he, we started dating. He's like, I love that you're so free-spirited. You don't let anybody tell you what to do. And then by the end of the marriage, it was, you just do whatever you want, don't you? <laughs> exactly. You don't care what you don't care what anybody thinks. You just only care about you and what you want. And, ah. <laughs> and it's just like... What, what do you want from me, man? It's like, <laughs> the, it's the age thing too. It's like, mm-hmm. I love, like you're young and you're, you're vibrant and you're so fun. And then by the end, it's like, you're immature. You don't even have your mm-hmm. life together. You're like I'm in college. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. chill. There, there was actually a conversation between us that happened where, so shortly before the pandemic in 2019, I graduated with my master's degree in Woo-hoo. experimental psychology. Thank you. I worked very hard for that. And I'm very proud that I did it. You're awesome. And but at that point, I wanted to go be a scientist when I grew up. And then I changed my mind um, shortly before the pandemic. And I went back into nonprofit work for a while. And I remember when I made that decision, he like, tried to be like, I just don't understand why you're so lost. Like, you just don't really seem to know, like, what you're doing, or like, where you want to go. And I remember looking at him and being like, so what part about dating a woman 14 years younger than you is not meeting your expectations? Where, 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 uh, like, why where, is it like, a, what did you, like, think? what are you, I love that. Like, you're actually like going towards what you want to go <laughs> towards. And he's like, you're lost. Mm-hmm. You're like, actually, I just made yeah. a good decision for myself. Mm-hmm. Even when I, I actually, when I started working for myself, so right before I got divorced, I quit my W-2 job and I started working for myself as a virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. And I also started monetizing TikTok a little bit. Nice. And and something else. I can't remember what I was doing, but I, was, I had a few different, I started generating a few different streams of income mm-hmm. and I was just starting to get client, like interviews for clients uh, when I was doing my, you know, virtual assistants because it was all freelance work. Sure. And I remember throughout the whole process, like every time I got an interview or like a small milestone, like all my friends were like, you, you got this, like, you're you're doing such a good job. Like you're in no time, dude, you're going to be like killing it. And for him, it would be like, that's a great first step. Oh, you know, that's a great first step that Mm. you've done that. That's cute. And just like, yeah, just the flat, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? But mm-hmm. what did you do today, sir? Yeah. Stop it. 
So the straw that broke the camel's back for me is um, when we were married, one of my biggest issues was the lack of emotional intimacy, obviously, which to be fair, to be fair to him, even though I shouldn't be, um, I was okay with a lot less emotional intimacy at the beginning of our relationship because where I was at, but as I got older and I grew up, I changed, I wanted more. And that was something that I was transparent with him about the entire time. Right. Like, I want emotional intimacy. And if you cannot give it to me, we should not be together. And then it was, oh, no, I can give it to you. I can do this. I can. And, you know, he basically, I can be the guy that I was when we first started dating that like delighted in you and loved you and wanted to know more about you. Um, not the guy who like sits at home watching sports and watches you go off and do fun things with your friends and then just <laughs> cool. <laughs> Bye. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, right. And so I remember about four days before we separated, I asked him for some quality time. And um, I was like, hey, when you get home from work on Thursday, can we like put a movie on, play some card games, like eat some snacks. Like, I just, I want to spend some one-on-one time with you. Like we haven't done that in a long time. And his thing was always, again, he was all about the trips, the international trips. Like Uh, he likes to whisk, he likes to whisk me away to places to make it look like he was taking such good care of me. Right. Of course. But then in between the trips, I'd be like, I want more quality time, you Just know? listen to me. Like, <laughs> Can yeah, we spend five minutes like, together? I remember even telling him, like, because uh, he was working a lot towards the end, too. And he didn't, he didn't have to, you know? Yeah, right. And I remember being like, I would rather travel less, change our lifestyle, eat out less, all of that, so we have more time together. That is what I want. And he just thought that was the craziest shit I have ever could have said to him in my life. <laughs> like, and I'm like, how many men out there would like love to hear that from their wives? Their yeah, right. Like, Work less. I don't want you to spend all this money on me. I yeah. just want you, you know? And, um, wow. You know what I mean? And he was just like, no, that's, that's not for me. And so I asked him for this quality time and bare minimum, you know, asked for something simple. He came home from work that day and I was like, are you ready to like play games and like spend some time together? He goes, no, I just want to watch TV. And I just like, I remember like that day I was like, I'm done with this motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And then I, I, that weekend I, I posted a TikTok about this that weekend. I went to like a little hippie drum circle Nice. and I was like out with some new friends and and I was getting approached by people, not just romantically, but also platonically. Yeah. They were just like, oh my God, like, I love your vibe. Like, you seem so cool. And that's just yeah. not how I felt at home at all, you know? And I remember having this realization where I was like, why am I working so hard to make this work? You know, because I knew deep down that if I stopped working, that the relationship would fall apart. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'd always known that. And, uh, cause there's no emotional labor on his end. And I was doing all this labor to like work around whatever. And also on somewhat to make things easier for me because I wasn't ready to leave yet. Yeah. You sure. know? And so I remember I was just like, I, I really just don't have to do this to myself anymore. Like I really just, 
I don't have to do this. And I, I got to a point where I was like, anything is better than this. Like I had no backup plan for when I asked for a divorce. Like sure. I didn't know where I was going to live. I had no savings. I had a bunch of credit card debt because he roped me into going to a trip to Mexico that I didn't want to go on, you know, and yeah. like he said he would pay for and then got like angry halfway through that he was paying for it. So I, you know, anyway, it was, it was a lot of that. It was uh, a lot of him. The worst. He just like didn't know what he wanted. And yeah, I honestly, my most honest assessment of this person looking back at him, I'm like, I think he really desperately wanted to be the kind of man that could be with me. Mm-hmm. I think he wanted that in himself, but he just was not willing to do the work or get out of his comfort zone enough to do it. And when I say that, I mean like somebody who's like secure in themselves sure. and doesn't see my radiance as something that detracts from right. him. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um because I remember somebody actually somebody actually approached him one time uh when we were in a group setting and was like, it says a lot about you as a man that you can be in a relationship with a woman like her. And um <laughs> because what? like you have to understand, Reagan. Like where I, even though my mind is brilliant and wonderful and all of this, like the people, the area that I'm in yeah. is honky tonk. Honky you know tonk. I mean? uh, yeah, sure. Honky tonk. Got it. Um, certain values, certain traditional values, and I'm not a traditional gal. You know, I'm translating the language now. I, I'm with yes, you. Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to be gentle here. No, but, I get um, you. I'm with you. Yeah, like at one point, um, somebody asked his permission to apologize to me for something. Um, yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot wow. of people used to give me the feedback, like, you don't behave like a married woman. And I'm like, well, I'm not really married. I just have a legal arrangement with a roommate that I don't like very much. <laughs> so, Joke's on you. <laughs> Joke's on you. Oh, so, my God. It's so funny, like what, like that they have a night, like a married woman acts like blank. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I used to go out by myself all the time to do stuff sure. with friends, and people um, would be like, imagine. "Where's your husband?" Yeah, excuse me, miss, where's your husband mm-hmm. right now? Are you are or you would, unescorted? Where is yeah. he? Yeah, or they'd say things like, "Isn't your husband like worried that you're like doing stuff by yourself?" And I'd be like, um, "I don't know. Why don't you call him and ask?" Don't like, know. Haven't talked to him today. <laughs> He's not, he's so, not I feel like a lot of it was just me like trying to vibe and be myself and everybody's like, oh, she's not behaving like she's crazy. Like, a woman. She's not being a good woman. You know? Everybody freak out and try to control the situation. But I, like, we need to block her in. She's going wild. I know. She's oh, rogue. <laughs> a rogue woman on the loose. Oh, oh God. Rogue woman. I like that. But yeah, so basically, Ugh. once we got separated, him and I, the, the the real the real person came out, and I it it really only affirmed to me that I did not know the person that I was married to. Hey, podcast listeners, sorry for the little bit of a jump scare, but I was trying to edit this episode down, and honestly, it is just too good to cut down. So we will be back next week for part two of this episode. But if you want to hear from Christine and you are not ready to wait a whole week, 
make sure to check out her TikTok, which is thriving underscore imperfectly. And speaking of content and maybe wanting some more of it, the F the Nice Guy podcast does have a Patreon. That's where you can find some extra content weekly. I put up things from the episode that were awesome but didn't quite make it to the podcast. Plus, it's a video often, so you actually get to see the ridiculous facial expressions me and my guests are making, which, believe me, they are insane. Which brings me to today's patron shout-out. A big, huge thank you to Sorelio and Alex. You are so awesome, and I am so happy to have you as an FTNG friend. If you're looking for the Patreon, it's the link on the F the Nice Guy TikTok page. So we will see you next week for part two of this episode. And as always, my friends, F the Nice Guy.